episode of Anger Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course, the music. This week's episode is full of tons of awesome, including the interview with the most amazing talent promoter and DIY badass, Mel Grinberg of Home Outgrown. Mel works with incredible touring bands as well as locals to foster an inclusive DIY scene, and you're going to hear some awesome things from her about the work that goes into putting on a perfect show. But before we dig into the interview, I want to talk about booking and inclusivity. See, I talk about this topic, among others, on a pretty regular basis because I feel like people occasionally hear the words but don't fully listen. Being an ally is not a part-time gig that you can turn on and off. You can't say you stand with non-men and people of color and then not book any at your show. You can't say that you support LGBTQI folks and not include them in your events. A lot of cishet male allies believe that they can simply fill the quota every now and then and then pass so that they can play with their friends. Here's my question. Why do you call yourself an ally but don't consider these marginalized people your friends? Also, in timing with this past week having had International Women's Day, I would like to share with you the thoughts I shared on that day on social media and firmly believe every single day. Use International Women's Day as an opportunity to celebrate non-men contributing to furthering spaces that are inclusive. So many people that are a part of that conversation with women include trans women who are women, women of color, gender non-conforming and non-binary folks, folks in the queer community, disabled folks, people of all religious backgrounds. So take today and every day to express support. Buy music from bands who express inclusivity. Say thank you to talent promoters who book with diversity in mind. Buy merch and support labels who sign in support of non-men. Like and buy art from diverse photographers and designers. Buy a coffee for your non-male tour manager. Hug your PR or media rep if you have one. So many people put work into the success of others. Let's be thankful and help build them up too and include them consistently. And who better is out there to put up an example than Mel of Home Outgrown? Let's get to know her in our interview now.
Well, hey, Mel. So excited to be talking to you. How's it going tonight? Good, good. How are you doing? Really good. <laughs> so you're out walking right now in Philly, you said, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm uh, heading back to the train station so I can head home because I actually don't live in the city, which okay. uh, not everyone knows, but I live like a little bit outside the city. Um, still live with my parents, unfortunately, but it's fine. I mean, it's cool. You don't have to pay rent. <laughs> There's that. That's a great perk. And I, I heard that it's actually more expensive when you get into the city and stuff. Most of our friends actually live. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's really pricey in the city. It depends how you like, depends how you live, definitely. Um, but I just would prefer to kind of have my bearings before trying to pay rent. <laughs> no, that's smart. If anything, I've, I've, felt, I've always felt the same way too. But uh, I'm so excited to be able to talk to you about all the awesome things you do. It sounds like you wear a ton of different hats between yes. <laughs> and touring and promoting and all this awesome stuff. So I, let's just dig into it. Um, how did you kind of find your way into like this punk indie scene? Um, I, I have like kind of a strange history with music. Like I've always really liked it. And there was a handful of bands like, very, very indie bands, not DIY bands by any means. Like, really indie bands that I just, like, tried really, really hard to help, and they only really took my help when they wanted it. Um, I just, like, almost, uh, almost used the help and then didn't do much in return. Um, and I, but it was a good experience, and I got to kind of learn how to do social media for bands and things like that and realized that like I really wanted to book shows um and then I ended up going to school in Philly at University of the Arts for two years after I transferred there and I kind of was in the city and I didn't really know what to do or like yeah you just kind of start meeting people and they help you and it's it's a really it's a really nice thing <laughs> no that sounds good and it's good that you're able to make those kind of connections and start to develop what it is that you want to do now which is getting into the promoting and touring yeah and stuff. um what was the first band that you heard that made you decide that hey i want to get involved in music hmm I don't remember. I remember, like, one of the first bands um, that I worked with on, a, like, a really, really small scale. Like, I would, like, come to their shows and do their social media. But I think more so now, like, within the past, I'd say two years, like, when I really consider that, like, my existence in the DIY scene started was probably about two, two and a half years ago, maybe three now. Um, and... I, what show was that? I remember the house distinctly. I remember the place I went, but I cannot for the life of me remember what the bill was. I remember who I was with. I remember who I went there, but I cannot remember um, the show it was, but I remember that being like the specific moment where I was like, oh, DIY is so cool. But bands now, like there's this band from Philly, they're called Grayling and they're awesome. And Lexi is like a total rock star. And that was like the first band that like let me, do anything for them in a sense of like okay you're you actually like you're actually important and we actually need you to help and she asked me to like 
be their tour manager for a couple of dates. They did three days with Julian Baker um, in September of 2016. And really that's just like, I sold some merch and I settled for them and I helped them like advance the show. Um, but it was really cool. And I was like, wow, this is like what it's like to really be involved in somebody's like day as a touring musician. And I was like, I really wanted, I really want to keep doing this. Um, this other band called Spur kind of took me on my first full long tour that wasn't just three days. Um, and like the bands I work with now, we're really close and we're really friendly. So I definitely consider them to kind of be like the first ones to really launch me into all of this because it's getting, it's, it's just getting more serious now. It's not like a hobby anymore. Um, it's not like house shows anymore. It's like venues and money and, um, touring on a much bigger scale and like still growing. It's, it's just like crazy how much possibility there is. I, I feel like a baby. So sorry, I'm going like on a tangent now. No, that I love that. And it's so amazing whenever I hear about like all these opportunities that start to happen for people on all sides of the music industry in that sense. Cause it's like, everybody talks about the musicians, but it's always so cool to hear about people who perform other roles. So I'm excited for you mm-hmm. already. Um, you know, you mentioned these bands like um, Grayling and Spur and stuff. Um, how has working with these bands or just musicians in general kind of shaped you? What have you kind of learned? I think so. I remember having like a distinct moment where I got off the tour and it had been a really rough one. Van broke down like twice. It was just hard and I remember coming back and like having a phone call with the band being very honest and frank and like, all right, well, here are the ways we feel like you can improve. And, you know, that we sat down and talked about it. And I like learn a lot from these people on a daily basis. They're very helpful and they're very, um, they're my friends. So we care about one another. And um, after that tour, we had sat down and talked And I kind of made a point to take whatever they said to me to heart and like learn lessons from certain things that happened on that tour and how I could be a better asset to the band and be a better advocate for whatever band that I'm with or working with or representing. Um, And I think with every band and like every new band you work with, there's something new that you have to learn with them. Um, Everybody's different. Everybody has a different sense of emotions and um I have a very hands-on approach when it comes to working with bands I get very much like become a part of their team with them um and it works really well for me it doesn't work as well for other people other people prefer to be hands-off and not get personal with the bands they work with but I've sort of learned that it uh it helps me helps me take care of them better well, then you're connected to them and you understand mm-hmm. their dynamic just as much. Because, I mean, I always think of bands as like they're, they're teams. They work collaboratively. Yeah. Some, some bands are even closer. They're more like families and stuff. So at that point, it's like you have to kind of find your way into the dynamic if you're going to be spending that much time with a band. Exactly. Especially if you're touring with a band. You, uh, and on a, like a higher scale where you're playing, um, I hate the term real venues, but when you're playing bigger clubs um you 
have kind of this relationship with like their band's manager and the band's agent and whatnot. Um, and you, you'd speak a lot and you kind of have this like working family and, um, you, especially with like a touring band and when it goes on for a really long time, you definitely have to be in tune to what other people are feeling and acting or you're just going to make each other miserable. <laughs> like genuinely like spending that much time with people is really hard. And if you don't make an effort to pay attention to the people you're around, you're just going to hate being around them. That's totally fair and legitimate. That's for sure. Um, so kind of learning these little things from you about touring and stuff, can you kind of walk me through maybe the things that you do before the tour starts and then maybe what a day on tour is typically like for you? Um, so I'm still very much starting out in this, uh, in the touring industry. Yeah. Um, but right now I'm actually prepping to leave for a really short run on Monday. I'm going out with a folk punk act called Sunny War. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. But right now she's, so she's like a support band. Um, right now I am getting a lot of emails from management of, um, them forwarding me info for every show. And there's an added step because we're going into Canada. So I have to make sure that I have like letters of in, in, in like invita these invitation letters basically mm -hmm. um, from the Canadian venues that say like, yes, we did in fact invite this person to come play this show. Uh, them and their touring crew are allowed to cross the border um, based on like so-and-so law. And so I have to get that together, um, getting together guest lists for the shows, getting together kind of like a this tour is not too hard because it's short and it's pretty uh, simple, but um, when there's more people involved, uh, you know, you make day sheets um, for every day that say, like, what time everyone has to be on uh, back at the van or bus on bigger tours, um, you know, some local coffee places and things like that. Like, for bigger tours that I'm doing later this year, um, I'm kind of already starting to look into what to do on our off days um and you know there's a couple weeks before the next tour um you start getting in touch with the other tour managers if there's one above you for the headliner and um it's just a lot of gathering information making sure that like when you're when you're the tm you know everything about the tour um so right now i'm getting a lot of advanced emails that have like all the info yeah. for the for that specific date um I'm getting all of that and kind of throwing it into a, a whole different spreadsheet that just has, you know, where, what time we got to be somewhere, um, what time, you know, people are playing. Um, but yeah, just a lot of gathering of information from a million different emails. Um, and yeah, but the being on the road is like very much what it sounds like. You get up in the morning and you eat some food and then you drive somewhere and then you get to the venue and you load in, and then usually you have a little bit of time to take a take a load off, and then are you still there? Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm familiar. Um, no worries. <laughs> uh, you have like a little bit of time to take a load off. If you have a lot of merch, you, you and you're the merch person, you count it, count in, count, you know. Um, and then there's sound check, and then the person plays. If you're the TM, you sell their merch. Uh, get you get it to the show, you know you get in touch with the hospital whoever is the hospitality manager and you know get uh situated with them figure out where everything is put merch out and then 
pack up and sleep <laughs> and wake up the next morning and do the same thing. And you do that for repeatedly over and over again. Yeah, forever along the tour is it's just every day like that. It, it, yeah, it's pretty monotonous. I mean, the longest I've ever been out was two and a half weeks. Okay. Um, and I, I'm going out for a little, like, a, a month and, like, a couple days later this year. And it's going to be long. And I'm really excited about it, actually. But, yeah, I mean, it's cool. I enjoy it. I like it a lot. I've always been the kind of person that's like, I really want to do something that lets me travel. And this is one way to do it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get to see a lot of places really quickly. So Yes. Awesome. <laughs> Definitely a lot of places really quickly. It's it, it sort of sucks sometimes that you don't really get, like, you know, if there's an off day, you get an entire day in a city. But if you're... um it's not an off day you don't really get to see where you are uh maybe for a couple hours but usually you're you're driving or you're setting up um but no it's cool I enjoy it I'm glad I get to do it I don't think it's I don't know if it's going to be like my permanent life uh but it would be cool if it will be like yeah. I'm I'm fully prepared for it to be I think it would be really fun yeah. but I don't know that's an awesome opportunity that you're able to do this right now in life. It seems like it's just like the perfect adventure and stuff. And then it's you, good. you can still come home and work on promoting in yeah. Philly too. That's, that's amazing to me. Can you talk to me a little bit about um, Home Outgrown and what, how you kind of got involved in the promoting side? Yeah. So Home Outgrown was actually my senior project, my uh, senior year of college. And I, uh, like, didn't exactly know what I wanted to do for my project. I initially thought I was going to do a benefit show. Um, and then I was like, you know what, why don't I, I'm already, I was already booking shows. So I was like, why don't I um, make this a thing, like put a name on it. And I asked my friend Alex to do it with me. And Alex has been like amazing. Alex is the best thing that's ever happened to me. They help so much. Um, and their partner helps a lot and our friends help a lot. And it's really, really cool. We have like, I, I, cannot picture anything better than booking shows with my best friends and I get to do that and it's wonderful like it's it makes me so incredibly happy um and I asked Alex to help me sorry you might hear the train no worries um I asked Alex to help me and Alex was like yeah let's do it and we didn't know what we were gonna name it um and this is this is kind of funny actually we named it Home Outgrown well, it's named after a uh, Menzinger song, first of all. Okay. Um, yeah, which yeah. What, which wasn't my choosing. This was Alex's choosing. Alex just happened to already own the domain name <laughs> and was like, oh, I have this domain name. Do you want to just use it? And I was like, yeah, all right. That works. <laughs> like, we'll just use that. Um, and yeah, and Alex used to book shows at uh, University of Delaware. So I knew that they kind of had a little bit of experience with it and we became really close friends from it and we spend just so much time together now and it's really great um and then we have luke and ian who help out and they're awesome um we call them interns as a joke but they're not really interns they're just <laughs> younger people who are helping um but yeah it was going to be my senior project it was my senior project and i just never stopped because I didn't like book shows until a certain time. They just kept coming. Mm -hmm. So I kept, I kept taking them and it starts eventually spiraled out of control <laughs> <laughs> and turned into a really happy accident and it just keeps getting better. And I'm very thankful for it. Um, 
it's brought a lot of really wonderful things into my life and it makes me incredibly happy. That's so awesome to hear. Yeah, it looks like your page stays pretty busy just looking even at Facebook and stuff. Like you got a pretty consistent stream of shows and things yeah. are things are picking up this month, it looks like too. Yeah, we have four shows this month. Um they we typically keep it to like four or five a month. Mm-hmm. Um I they still kind of happen if I leave for a tour. Not not to uh not as much as they do when I'm home. Um, but I, you know, I've been home since last June like I haven't gone anywhere really um besides so like like I flew to Chicago to work Riot Fest and that was about it Mm -hmm. um but they just kind of keep going and it picks up some months some months it doesn't like we're pretty pretty quiet right now for May so might still take shows might not it might just be a quiet month which I could I would really appreciate um but yeah it's nice it feels good to be busy definitely getting bigger shows which is cool um, and really exciting. Um, I don't know. I just want to keep making a good space. One of the things that I really respect about like the work that you kind of have been describing with like promoting bands, whether you're doing like shows or being on tour and stuff, that's like a really big role in music, I feel like. And it's definitely one that I feel like is sometimes underserved, but I feel like you can make a really big impact doing this. Um, what what kind of impact do you feel like you could make personally when it comes to having that position with music? You're doing a lot to help bands, really. I try to, definitely. I mean, I try to not, like, the shows aren't about, like, who is booking them, and I feel like a lot of people get a little bit wrapped up in that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I'm trying to make... I mean, everyone says it like, you know, you want to make a safe space for people, but I want people to want to play my shows because they see that, you know, people enjoy them. Um, I hope that people can see that, like, you don't have to be a dude to do any of this. Like, you know, I, I joke around sometimes and I'm like, you know, girls tour too, or, you know, got people who aren't men. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I recently was at this place in Jersey called The Outpost, and it's, like, a place that lets touring bands and their crew just, like, come and hang out and chill, and it was, and they had tampons, like, there to take for free. Um, oh, wow. Stock this whole place with just stuff from their sponsors that bands can just take for free, like, snacks, um, shampoo, toothpaste, mints drinks, uh, um, uh, iced coffee, things like that. Um, and then there was like certain toiletries and I'm like, and there were tampons and I was like, holy shit. (laughs) Like, (laughs) thank you. Yeah. That's recognizing the needs of like non-men needing things like that. You know, and I was like, thank you. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's little, it's a little thing. Um, but I don't know. I just people to want to play my shows and it's not necessarily like we try our, we try our best to like pay people as much as we can too like I've definitely gone out of pocket if I had to um because we don't you know we're not a promoter we're not live nation we don't have yeah a ton of money and like if we lose money on a show it's not like my business is losing money because it's mm-hmm. not I'm me um not just me like Alex is also you know we've when we had a lot of house shows 
um, we would just like split the cost if we needed to throw somebody an extra 50 bucks or something like that. Um, and it was fine. I mean, I don't mind it necessarily. It's like, I consider it as an investment in my future and an investment in the band's future and just basic common decency, I guess. Um, but I don't know, I just want to be kind to people and make them feel good and safe. And I hope that intention comes across. I know not everybody is always going to agree with what you're doing or what you're, what you are, but I hope that, um, for the most part that people just feel safe coming to shows and playing with that, playing them if they like the band, other bands that they're playing with. I mean, when a band hits me up to book a show for them, I will check their Spotify-related artists. Like, I try really hard to put together a bill where friends play together because that just makes them feel good. Hmm. Um, and I don't know, I want people to have fun, not just attending my shows, but playing them. Like, I want people to come and be like, you know, I this was the most fun I had playing on this tour. Um, and yeah <laughs> that's so awesome though because it's like when you put the effort into the intimacy and the community in that sense creating a space that's like equal for everybody and also enjoyable for all people participating whether it's you as the promoter the band as the performer the crowd as the people who get to partake in it it's just it sounds like and I feel like everybody I've ever talked to that's into like promoting bands and shows and stuff, they always have that kind of, um, the good ones anyway, they always have the same mentality of kind of what you've described of like creating that, that perfect space where you can have all these things happening. And so, damn, I, I want to come up there now and go to a Homegrown Presents show. You come to get to the gig. Yeah, I need to get to the gig out there, Home Outgrown, go to a show that you're putting together. That would be so much fun. I just get that, just that, sense of what you're trying to accomplish just sounds amazing to me it's nice I genuinely like I don't know it, it's good it's been a very short period of time and we are ba- we're a little baby company it's um, so it's, good though it's not a company it's like I haven't gotten around to that part of it yet <laughs> wondering, literally I don't know what I'm doing um but I don't know I am doing something I really love and it's feels like um I I figured out kind of recently that I think I know what I'm like meant to do okay yeah I think I I think I want to open a venue Mm -hmm. that's like the we'll call it a 10-year plan (laughs) I'll be generous with myself Um, (laughs) but I think I'm definitely put on this earth to like have open a a show space um Mm -hmm. I'm really fascinated by venues in general. Like I love, I think one of the big things that I love about touring is seeing different spaces in which shows exist um, and not necessarily venues. I have this very warm memory of being in Salem, uh, Massachusetts um, and just having like, it was, the weather was perfect. It was just like this perfect, beautiful day. And I was on tour with the weekdays. Um, They're from Richmond and we were up in Salem and I remember we had, a, I helped them like book that, that run of shows that they did. And it was like the first time I'd ever booked shows. Um, it was the second time, the second time I'd ever booked out of state shows for somebody. And we had this show in Salem, Massachusetts, and they played an acoustic show in 
our friend's attic in Salem. And our friends live a very short walk from beach and a park and the Hocus Pocus house, which was really fun. We went to it. We have Oh, that's awesome. They live like around the corner from the Hocus Pocus house. Damn, that's still like one of my favorite movies. But yeah, continue. <laughs> um, it just, the whole day and then into the night felt like magic. It, it's, it's a really hard feeling to put into words. But so like this attic in their house, like you walk in and it's like a normal, it's a house, like an apartment, couple be- couple bedrooms. They have a really cute cat. Um, but then the attic is their roommate's it was uh since then they've like you know shifted rooms and stuff but at that at that time when it was pretty still pretty warm out um one of the people that lives there uh lived in the attic and they had strung all these lights up in the attic they made these clouds that hung above their bed out of cotton balls they um put up picture frames just picture frames with like mirrors inside and posters and um, they had a VH, a TV with a VHS player in the corner, and it felt like you walked up from like, like pretend you were in like a normal apartment, and then you walked up some steps and you're in like a fairy world, like you're in a storybook. Damn, that's cool. Like, pretend you just hopped right into a storybook, and it. They played this like really sweet acoustic show, and Justin, who's in the weekdays, even played you know some more personal uh, songs. That normally they don't play live and while you know we don't necessarily on a tour like on a DIY tour um you don't want to play a lot of acoustic you don't want to play acoustic shows because you know you want the full band to play and everyone to get like the full band feeling but every once in a while it's really nice to you know we all sat on the floor and uh after they had played after everyone who was like you know on the bill to play a couple people picked up guitars and played some music like Jess who's an old soul um incredible human being i love her dearly she like i begged her to play some songs so she got up and played some music and i was like it was you know everyone felt really comfy and i think i think about that space a lot um in terms of like what i want to create here too um a i remember having classes like i went i went to school for um, music business i remember having a class on booking operations and it you know our professor talked a lot about the vibe of the room and that that stuck with me like it's been true almost three years since I took that class it's been two and a half years since I took that class and that like one if besides all like the actual deal structures I learned in that class and besides like the actual valuable information the actual physical information that I now use as a air quotes that no one can see talent buyer um which is just a fancy word for for a promoter. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but uh, he talked about the vibe of the room, and I remember he actually he's actually the the town buyer at um, Johnny Brenda's, which is like a really nice old club in Philly. Uh, small room, twenty one plus. It's beautiful. It sounds beautiful. Uh, and I didn't really understand what he was talking about when he talked about the vibe of the room until I went there and I realized like, okay, so this is like it's cozy and comfortable and I think that's like a lot of the reason why I really like booking shows at everybody hits is because first of all I'm used to it um it's a comfort thing I definitely want to like expand and you know grow into a bigger different spaces um but I like 
I like feeling at home mm -hmm. uh, there. I want people to come to a show and to attend it or to play it and to feel like they've stepped into somewhere that, you know, feels comfortable for them and they, you know, have a good, you know, the vibe is good for them. No, that makes total sense. That sets the entire tone for the evening. I feel like mm -hmm. it, depending on the space that you're in. Yeah. Uh, would you say that's your favorite, <clears throat> excuse me, would you say that's your favorite venue there in Philly? I really like Everybody Hits. I think on a personal level, um, I, DIY spaces um, in Philly are, I wouldn't say they're few and far between, but I would say that they are um, hard right now. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the cages has become a place that I book at a lot from because partially because of the comfort level and partially because I can, I have the ability, like they, they trust me, they know me. Um, I have the ability to kind of put as much as I can there. Um, but also I'm very, still very picky about what I put there because I know that the room, it's 150 people. I know how much the rent is. Um, and I don't want to like, I don't want to underperform and almost, and you know, in certain instances, like I know that a show is going to do better at a house show. I just know. Um, and I will, I mean, I've started to kind of pass house shows along to other people because I've realized that they're not my strong suit like they used to be. Mm. Um, and I would much rather give people the best ability, like for a show, to, if, if it's someone I really, really like, and I know that I can, that I can pull something together for them, but if I used to take a lot of shows um, just because I, you know, wanted, you know, I just didn't want to say no to them. Um, and I realized that, like, that doesn't really help anybody when I could give somebody a better chance with someone. I definitely have um, kind of started straying away a little bit from doing house shows, not because I don't want to and not because I don't appreciate them still, but because I just realized that someone can do a better job for those bands. Um, and I'd much rather them do that. I mean, you know, if only 30 people at a venue where you have to pay rent is not a lot of people. 30 people at a house show, you know, if it's five bucks a person, all that money's going to the bands. Yeah. Um, and I definitely rec recognize that, like, in a lot of situations, it is much better to let all the money go to the bands um, than it is to try to pay rent because people want to play a quote-unquote venue mm -hmm. um, instead of playing a house. And, like, everybody I get emails all the time and people are like you know we'd rather not play a house ah. um and I'm like don't don't put yourself in that kind of um position because you could end up playing a really sick house show you, you could know? be in an attic in Salem you could like, be in an attic in Salem and have beautiful <laughs> memory you know yeah um, would you say that's like your favorite music memory that you've kind of had over the years or that's definitely one of them. Yeah. I mean, just from the people like Dustin and I are very, very close now uh, after touring. <laughs> I don't know if they would be okay with me telling the story, but uh, I think it's okay. Um, they burst, they tell it like every show why they wear uh, headphones. Yeah. Burst their eardrum uh, while, you know, on tour, a stupid accident. Um, two band, the, them and another band member were rough housing in the pool. Mm. got hit in the, in the head and burst an eardrum we had to go to the emergency room and everything yikes but i had to put 
uh, eardrops in their ear during the tour. I didn't have to, but I did because it's easier when someone else does it. Um, but, you know, that was one of the bad things that happened on that tour. On that tour, the van broke down twice. Um, but, yeah, there was a lot of things that happened on the tour that we, I mean, Brad wrote songs about what happened on that tour. And I, uh, I'm literally getting texts about a tour right now. <laughs> this, this is, stop. <laughs> Don't clip this out. I'll leave that. <laughs> Real me. Um, it's, it's just like true character for you right now, getting ready for tour. <laughs> this is about, uh, we're booking like a South by Southwest run for someone and the bat, the band and I are like, they're, they're, you know, very, doing a lot like together. Um, I'm picking up some dates. They're picking up some dates. It's like all hands on deck right now. Um, but yes, that tour <laughs> backtracking a little bit, that tour was, simultaneously a really wonderful experience and a nightmare um but we all went home with that like really wonderful memory um there's definitely a handful like that um those couple dates that I helped grailing with 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 Julian Baker I still cannot believe that I mean everyone knows who Julian is you know she's one of my favorite musicians even at that time this was you know September of 2016 yeah um so that was a little over a year ago, you know, a year and a year and a couple months ago. So, you know, Julian was very much on the up and up and it was so cool. Like Grayling, that is how, oh my God, your dog. Um, <laughs> Grayling, that is where our kind of relationship started. They uh, came into my internship. Um, one of the other interns and I kind of like did this little music video shoot in the venue that we were interning at and they had come in and we could started talking and I had said to Lexi like, Oh, you know, I want to, I want to tour. I want to tour at some point. And at that point I didn't think I would get to go on any tours until at least after I graduated, I thought it was one of those things that I'm just gonna have to wait until I graduate and then like, I'll try it. But don't, don't even, I, I think it's going to bang again. <laughs> um, <laughs> they yeah she was like you know I think I could use some help like I just could use someone to like be a second set of eyes and ears and we got together at coffee and um I asked her I was like you know what do you what do you need and she's like I think we need someone to like kind of act as a tour manager um and I was like I'll I'll be there I'll do it like absolutely um and it those were I have I, I have a very vivid memory for like memory specifically you know like some people have like photo a photographic memory I remember like moments in time very very specifically and like I just remember how everything I, I'm sure a lot of people are like that um but yeah I just remember all those people watching them and me like just totally falling in love with this band and I've seen them play I think I've seen Grayling play more than any other band um I've also think I've booked them more than any other band besides maybe Kara Kara um or the weekdays, like, yeah. But I think I've booked Grayling more than any other band, and I've seen them more than probably any other band. And every single time I see them, I'm like, holy shit, Lexi is a rock star, and she's going to be a rock star. Like, I just know it. Um, and, yeah, that was another one of those big memories. I mean, we had Koji play a show recently, mm -hmm. um, a benefit. 
and uh, he had, it was really cold in the venue. It was December 28th. Just oh, wow. just, it was freezing cold in the venue. Um, the heat, it was just not enough. Like it, it was freezing cold outside and he didn't use the PA like everyone else did. He had everyone kind of like crowd around closer to him yeah. um, within their comfort levels, you know, of course. Um, and uh, talked, just talked to people. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he was playing to a crowd. It felt like he was talking to us and talk, he, you know, talked about political, the political climate and talked a little bit about, you know, making a nice space for people. And I got a chance to like chat with him a little bit, a little bit afterwards about that. Um, yeah, it was just an, another one of those like very, um, feel good moments I cried Mm -hmm. Uh, I like kind of backed away and like looked at everything because I you know a year ago I if you could you you could probably see the flyer right there yeah yeah I have a lot of them but it's awesome I uh it was exactly a year since I had booked like my first benefit and that show was Grayling Coping Skills Weller it was Dave Bellow The World Is um, Harmony Woods, Kississippi, Curtis Cooper, and a band called, or a person from the UK, uh, his name's Joan, I usually pronounce his name wrong, but he plays in a band called Parker Lee, and they're very good, um, definitely if you like modern baseball, you'll like them, um, but yeah, and it was just like an eight-band fest thing that we did, and then, you know, a year later, it's Koji, who has been around for a while, um, and I just kind of like stood back and like thought about how much progress we'd made in a year and how happy I was that I was doing it with my best friends, which is like, to me is the goal and the dream. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to work on this much stuff with people I didn't care about. And I, you know, I know people have jobs and like they work in an office and whatnot and book shows, but, um, Alex is a scientist. Alex isn't a quote music person. You know, Alex's, my career is music. Alex's career is is science. Um, Alex works in vaccines and uh, just realizing that like, I wouldn't be doing this to the extent that I am if I didn't enjoy doing it with other people. And there have been times when I've fallen into very deep holes and Alex has stepped up and kind of kept things going. Um, they take over and run shows them, Ian and Luke take over and run shows when like either I'm on tour or simply like, I just, I can't be there. Like we had captain we're sinking play and I, it was my sister's birthday the same day. I booked the show, forgot it was my sister's birthday. Um, couldn't, couldn't get a different date. Like that was the date the band wanted Mm-hmm. and I didn't want to not have a show. Um, and Ian ran the show. That's and was, awesome. I mean, it did really well. Like, there was a ton of people that had come. Um, and it is super incredibly nice to have people to, like, pick up stuff like that and help. And I think that I've gotten to the point, and, you know, I've, I jokingly said earlier, I feel like I'm – a baby in the industry. Um, I don't, I, I'm not even a fully developed baby yet. I think I'm, I'm still not even born yet in terms of like the music industry, but um, I've definitely learned a little bit 
And I think I, there are things that I should and could pass on to people who want to do it. And like Ian is super like both Ian and Luke book shows in other places. Um, Luke book shows in Connecticut and Ian book shows in uh, Shippensburg at school. And um, Ian has managed to like carve out, I mean, Shippensburg is like a town where most people like voted for Donald Trump and are riding around with Confederate flags. And I'm, I'm so proud of him. He carved out this little house show scene um, where people feel comfortable. And, you know, he was tweeting the other day about how like it's the only place in Shippensburg where he's comfortable holding his boyfriend's hand. Mm. And I was like, you're, that is so important. That space needs to exist. And it's so special to know you're working with people who are fighting for that to exist. And like Luke, uh, Connecticut's a really small market. I have a couple, a ton of friends that live up there and Connecticut is a very tough market to book in. Um, Mm. It's small there. Things are, it's a small city. It's a small, it's a small state. It's a small state. Yeah. Uh, But the way that like the highways are, everything is just um, time-wise far from one another. It's not easy to get from one place to the other. And people just seem to not necessarily want to try to get to a gig unless it's uh, convenient for them. Mm. Um, And I just respect Luke a ton they really want to uh, make something happen there um, and are working really hard with a, with a venue that needed new fresh blood. Um, Last night we were sitting at this little living room show we had last night and I was kind of teaching them about some deal structures and just things like that, like things that they can use to uh, work with the big agents and those like big cool bands that they want to work with. Mm -hmm. Um, And I still don't get to do that that often. I mean, I do, uh, I do more, I more and more as time goes by, uh, but not nearly as much as somebody who books like a a bigger venues. I mean, they do it on a daily basis. And while I really want to get to that point someday, um, I don't want to like lose sight of the reasons why, people put these kinds of things together in the first place. Um, I don't think I could ever get to a point where I, I do this. I've, I've done this once and I have another show like later this year where it's all touring bands. Um, okay. I've only ever been able to do that when I know that it's uh, a show that will do well with those touring bands. But I think besides those very, very uh, select times, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to have a show that didn't have local bands on it. Yeah. I, that's the part that like is it's almost like, it, yeah. It's a part that like, I, you know, I, I mean, I'd love to book fucking like Paramore or something like that, but I, <laughs> I don't, you know, how do you put a local band on a show with Paramore? Unfortunately you don't in these days, no. but <laughs> you know, you want that when you want like a, a career in booking and you want to be successful in booking. Like you want that. You want to be like, yeah, like I want, to book those big shows and make a lot of money but also like I want to put the basement band on that show and no one would let me yeah that's well well, you're connected to that basement band you're connected to somebody who is in that scene and you want to see them flourish just as much as you want to see opportunities for yourself flourish and I feel like that's like 
the components of a good local scene and being a yeah, part of it. I was, I was on the phone with Alex today and we were talking about a show that we might be working on. And, you know, Alex goes, you know, if we're going to build bands, like we have to put this certain band on it. And they said like, you know, here's this band. We have to, we have to put them on the big gig. Yeah. If we're going to, if you're going to try to build bands, you have to put them on the shows with, with the best opportunities. I mean, we, uh, I can't announce it yet. <laughs> and I'm bummed That's fine. We have one coming up, and I'm really excited about it. Um, but there's this uh, Olivia is um, her band's called Major Pursuit, and I I absolutely love them. Um, Lexi from Grayling is recording doing recording for them. Um, I'm t- Lexi's the most badass person. I'm telling you, she played all the, like almost all the instruments on her EP. Shit, I'm gonna have to reach out to so her cool. next. <laughs> so cool. Um, but Major Pursuit is amazing, and especially like those bands that have um marginalized people in them mm-hmm. i i want to put them on every show possible uh not just the opening band um if that's their place you know if, if a band is here's here's the thing that i see a lot of people do that drives me crazy they will throw a band on on as the as an opener simply because they have a woman in it or they have whatever whoever in it it's meeting your quota it's meeting your quota fuck that yeah Um, and like if the band is meant to be the opener put them as the opener Mm -hmm. if that's their if that's the if that's their draw if that's where they should be playing in a bill put them there but if you're booking a show and like reach out to the bigger reach out to the band that could be a headliner that mm-hmm. isn't just a band of straight white men. Yeah. Um, reach out to them. Like I get, I un, I totally fucking understand that you want bands that are going to draw well, but there are plenty of them. Try harder. Yeah, there's plenty of them that are non-men. There's there, there especially in Philly. There's so many. Yeah. And luckily here I don't see it as often. I definitely see um shows in other markets because I'm I'm kind of very connected with a lot of other cities that do DIY shows. Yeah. But, you know, I see there there are plenty of bands. They exist. You know, I know they do, you know they do, and if somebody's not trying to find them, then they're just not trying hard enough. That's really that's really the end of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I I don't think necessarily that it's harder to be in, in my case, I can't speak on people that identify as something I'm not. But, you know, as a woman, I don't necessarily think that it is harder for me to be in music. I think that there are more roadblocks that um, make it trickier, maybe. But I don't think it's harder necessarily. Like, it, it's almost just like, picture yourself driving down the road and there's potholes every, you know, every couple feet. Um, and those potholes for me are people, you know, talking down to me or not expecting me to like have a certain show. Um, you know, I'll talk about like certain things that we have that aren't announced with somebody and those backhanded comments like, Oh, you booked that? Like, yes. Don't act so surprised. Um, and, but I, I think people, notice when you start working hard and it's just 
I've for me for me personally, like I've noticed that I have to work a lot harder for certain things and certain opportunities than men do. Um, And it's noticeable, you know, as much as I love my male touring friends with all of my heart, uh, they get thrown a lot of opportunities because of who they're friends with. And so do I, but I had to work for those people to notice. And I think that's not just me. That's the case with a lot of other uh, women and a lot of other marginalized people in music that men get noticed just for existing in the music industry. Women, in my case, uh, get noticed when they work hard. And you have to put in double or triple what it is that these men do. And that's the worst part. You have to like, and God you, forbid, it should be a scene. bit too much about it. You know, like, yeah, you know, you're all, I don't know. It's, it's so frustrating. It is because you're working hard and, you know, you'd almost have that same expectation of, men to work just as hard as you to have the same opportunities. And unfortunately the patriarchy, it's just not like that. You, it's not equal work across the table. It's who do you know? Oh, that looks like it's the whole like good dude backed hard mentality rather than, Oh, this person did this, this, and this. And you know, I've a lot of opportunities I have gotten also have been because of who I've been friends with. Mm -hmm. And it's that case with music across the board. I've, I recognize it. Most people recognize it. Um, it, it's genuinely, it sucks. That's the way the industry works, Mm -hmm. but I didn't start getting those opportunities from my friends until my friends realized how hard I work. Yeah. But you know, those opportunities are given to, to dudes just because they're like, around or accessible or free, you know, Oh, you free this week. Do you want to hop on this tour? That doesn't happen for me. No one's like, Oh, are you free? Do you want to go on this tour? For me? It's like, uh, let us like, we really have to think about it. Like, you know, um, and just, it, 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 it surprises me. I mean, it, it surprises me that anybody can think less of somebody because they aren't a man or because they, I don't know. It's a mess. Yeah. It's one of those things that like, so hard, to, like hard to talk about. It's frustrating to talk it about. Is. You get, you, <laughs> I get frustrated talking about it too. I totally relate. And like, I mean, I guess one of the things that I always turn to and I have to have these kind of conversations and stuff is like, okay, I step back and I think about who am I collaborating with to make this not <laughs> like less of an issue. And you're working with bands that are diverse and you're creating opportunities for them know. and you. There are, there are like a a couple bands that I work with that are bands of, um, of, you know, straight white dudes, Mm -hmm. but, and, uh, you know, but, um, those bands have teams of women, their publicists are women and, or teams of non-men. Yeah. Um, Uh, and those bands, for instance, uh, Toy Cars and Cara Cara. Cara Cara is a band that I have, I've never felt as appreciated and like respected as I do when I talk to them. Um, it It's like, you know, I do something for them and they're like, you're, 
the queen of booking. And I'm like, I'm literally not, but thank you. <laughs> literally December. I remember this because I checked the dates because I wanted to see like the turnaround time between me accomplishing this. Um, Will in, from Caracara texted me on December 15th, sent me a screenshot of uh, some shows that pianos become the teeth were playing. And Will was like, how do we get on these? And I was like, all right, I can't get you on all those shows, but I might be able to finesse a way to get you on the Philly one. Um, exactly a month later, we announced it. Wow. Uh, yeah. And, I, and it just like, uh, it was like a weird thing. Like I emailed the venue and the venue was like the band's booking it. And then somebody I knew kind of like suggested them um, just from like conversation, talking to me. And it was, it just, it just sort of happened. Um, but yeah. And it was like, wow, I, you know, I accomplished something I advocated in my band's best interests, but any, anytime I like do anything for that band, they, it's like, they like kiss the ground I walk on. And oh. It's just so silly. And like, I don't know. I don't, I don't need the praise, but it's really, really nice. Well, it's when, just nice to be appreciated and like, you know, feel like you're a part of that team at that point. Uh, and booking is a really thankless job. And I use the word job very lightly because I mean, booking locally at this point in my life does not bring me any income. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's fine with me. It does not bother me. It does the exact opposite. (laughs) Um, you know, I front money for, for flyers and artwork and things like that, because I want to support the artist that's making these flyers. Um, plug Ilana Hope art. Yes. Love her. (laughs) Plug them. Um, but they're incredible and I like have gotten them work with bigger bands just by uh raving about their artwork um consistently and I don't know like I'll pay them as much as I can you know I um I ask always I'm like all right do you what here's as much as I can give you like here's as much work as I can possibly give you because I want to support you I want to pay your rent um let me pay your rent for you and you know um, I'll we kind of have like a little built-in budget for those things like that um and it is it is hard to run a fledgling business (laughs) yeah (laughs) or, or whatever this is I guess um but it's also, it's cool. I don't know. It's, it's nice to collaborate with other people. Um, I want to sing my friends' praises the way that they sing mine, because this is the first time in my life that I've, um, I'm now I'm going to start crying. Um, this is the first time in my life that I've felt like genuinely and really appreciated for doing certain work. And it is, it's cool. I mean, it's nice when people recognize your hard work. I mean, I know I, Sometimes I don't see it. Um, you can blame that on the imposter syndrome. But sometimes when I take a, like a step back, I can see how much has come in a very short span of time. Um, and I can see how many people there are supporting what we're doing and supporting the bands that we are uh, promoting and getting on board and fucking with the vision <laughs> and yeah, it's cool. I mean, I've raved about Kara Kara until, and like forced everybody to listen to them. And I love when people are like, Oh wow, they're really good. I was like, well, no shit. I told you so. 
Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I just want everyone to hear them. And I want people to like, I want my friends to get really famous and make money off their art and be happy and be comfortable and be able to make art and make music and support themselves from it. Um, I mean, I have a day job. I go to work. I work for Universal. Um, I work on Eminem merch stores and other artists, but I just have Eminem on the mind because it's the last thing I was doing customer service for before I left work today. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And I mean, I do customer service for them. It's not like a crazy big, it's like not a big position by any means. I used to be the paid media assistant there, but, um, it's still incredibly important, important. We interact directly with the fans. We answer their concerns. Um, but it pays the bills. Um, it's a full-time job. I work 40 hours a week. Uh, it's 9am to 6pm, sometimes with overtime. Um, and it gives me the ability to sustain doing what I actually really want to do long-term. Um, and I'm incredibly appreciative for it. I mean, you know, I, I can pay the bills, I can pay my bills comfortably. And I'm, that is a very, very big privilege to have is to be able to, what small bills I do have, I can pay them. And by working in the music industry um, and devote all of my free time and energy to doing the thing, things that uh, make a difference or that I really, really care about. Um, and that other people really care about. I just, I don't know. I just want my friends to succeed. <laughs> well, I definitely can relate to that feeling. And damn, I just feel motivated about what I do now, just hearing you talk about how passionate you are for being able to promote your friends and people who are unique and important in music. So damn, I'm excited to see what you do next and everything. Um, I've never been able to like deal or work with anything that I've, I'm not, uh, really really into I yeah hard for me to do something if I don't care about it like a lot like I have to I have to really really give a shit for me to for me to like put my all into something so it's definitely why I kind of keep a small handful of bands close mm -hmm. um, and just put put all of what what energy I have after working a nine-hour day <laughs> into into them like I, we're gonna we're about to hang we're gonna hang up and I'm gonna go do an offer sheet <laughs> oh geez <laughs> Yeah. I, mean, busy then. I have a phone call right after this about a tour that starts on Monday because I have to finish gathering some of the advance information. Uh, luckily with this one, I wasn't doing the advancing myself, um, but yeah. Keeps you busy. Well, tired. yeah. I'm tired, but it's good. It's <laughs> worth it. I tell everyone a lot. I'm like, I'm tired, but it's worth it. That's, that's usually the best way to be, honestly, as long as you're like, and your passion clearly shows, you know, you love what you're doing, so you're going to keep doing it. Um, you know, I realize that looking ahead is sometimes hard for these kind of projects, but what kind of things do you maybe want to accomplish this year with your promoting and um, tour managing opportunities? Um, tour managing, I guess. I, I want to definitely spend a lot of time on the road, um, kind of working towards that slowly but surely. Um, definitely have some things in the, in the plan, um, and things that could happen. Um, I don't want to, don't want to jinx anything. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, tour managing is very much like a job. It is, um, 
it is when you're doing it it's 24 7 um some people are more you know some bands are more responsible than others i hate the idea of being a babysitter i really really hate that i see people describing tour managers as babysitters and i was like no i'm not your mom i'm i'm not here to like you know, I'm not here to yell at you when you're misbehaving like you're a toddler. And I have a sister who's a toddler. <laughs> like, and I shouldn't have to treat you like one. I hate that. They're adults. They should know better. Yeah, they really should. Um, sorry, someone's trying to, gonna call me soon. They're no adults. They should know better. Um, but it's, uh, I think in terms of that, I always want to make sure that whoever I'm out with, I can... I can make them feel safe and supported and vice versa. It's a, you know, back and forth. Um, but with booking, I hate the, I don't, I don't like the idea of like, you know, I want to book bigger shows. I want to book better shows that more people are interested in coming because I want to give fans a bigger audience. Like that's, that's the biggest thing is like, I, I want touring bands to consistently want to keep coming back to me because they know that I can help them grow their audience. I want local bands to keep wanting to play with me because they, to play my shows because they know that I'll help them grow their audience locally. Um, I definitely want to book. I mean, the, the next kind of DIY space up that I haven't really booked at yet is Philomoka. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely looking forward to having shows there this year. Um, that will happen. Wink, wink. Um, I don't know. I want to find new spaces to have shows in, uh, because it is really hard to find a place, certain places to book shows. Um, I'm like just praying and hoping that something comes along. I mean, I had something temporarily that was really nice, but then it didn't work out. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just want to keep, I want to book more bands that I really, really like. Like I have certain bands that I, like last week I was talking, my friend had texted a group chat and been like, Oh, I just booked this band. I was like, I want to do that too. And I was like, how do I do this? Um, and I emailed them and I was like, Hey, I, you know, I really want to, I know you're usually really good, pretty well off in Philly, but I, uh, I really want to help you out if you need a show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he'd answered and been like, you know, I thank you for your consistent enthusiasm it makes it a lot easier to do this. And yeah, let's, let's do, here's this date that I need on an East coast tour. I was like, Oh, it was that easy. Like I just booked somebody I really, 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 really like. That's awesome. Uh, And sometimes it's just that easy. Like sometimes you don't even realize that people notice your support until they say they noticed. Um, but yeah, just, uh, it's not necessarily that I want to book bigger bands. Um, I just want to book bands that I really love. Um, and I do that and I have a, you know, a schedule through July at this point. Wow. That's awesome. Not full. It's not full by any means. There's definitely gaps here and there, but I do have shows booked through July right now. And today is February 1st. That's Um, pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. Uh, I remember learning, you know, book six months ahead of time and here I am. Um, it's weird <laughs> knowing where like I'm gonna be personally at those some of those times, but um, yeah, just better, more comfy for people. Give people a good, good, happy place to play, and um, get more people to come to shows. I it's def it's like you you're never a promoter unless you're, you like 
if, if a promoter says, oh, I don't really care about how many people come, they're lying. They care about how many people come. It's, ext- it's extremely um, about validation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, very, it's not about validation. It is extremely validating when a lot of people come and a lot of ha- people have fun. That's just, it, it is. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's really nice. I noticed that people continuously come back to our shows and a lot of that has to do with the band, us booking bands that they, they like in, in of those genres that they like and people noticing and just knowing that like, Oh, I know these people have booked previous shows for bands that I like. I'm going to keep coming to their shows. Yeah. I mean, literally I can think of specific people that are friends of mine now Mm-hmm. because they've come to our shows. That's and awesome. I, yeah, it's sweet. You know, I I don't know. I am not, I don't know. I'm not like just a human being who's like making these things come together. I'm a participant of the community and I go to shows and um, I really like that I get to book shows that I would want to go to. I, yeah. think like, I think that's like my closing statement is that I want to book... <laughs> booking more shows that I personally would want to go to. That's awesome. Well, I love that sentiment. And like you end up building such a beautiful community off of that because you get connected with everybody and the same crowds start to come to the shows and stuff. I know locally that happens for me too. So I'm so happy for you that these opportunities are happening and I'm excited to see all this develop more and more. Um, Where can everybody keep up with you or reach out to you on the internet if they want to talk to you about promoting or booking and I I love Twitter. Um, My Twitter (laughs) is corporate underscore emo. Uh, I'm weird about Twitter, so I really hope my mom never hears this. Mom, (laughs) don't, please. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm at uh, corporate underscore emo. It'll probably change soon when I'm not, you know, It'll change when I'm no longer a corporate email, but right now I am a corporate email. Um, but Home Outgrown on Twitter is just Home Outgrown. Um, Facebook, it's Home Outgrown Presents. Uh, Instagram, I think it's Home Outgrown. I don't know. I'm really terrible at our social medias. That's okay. Um, I'm making someone else do it. I'm making one of the <laughs> interns do it. There you go. Uh, yeah, you can find us there. Um, if you have questions about anything if you are uh, if you want to figure out how to tour like ask literally my 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 first piece of advice is to just do it ask bands that you're friends with uh if you can hop on a weekender with them and do it for free and it sucks but i've been there and we've all been there um just do it for free, get the experience. Uh, those bands will grow and you will grow with them. Um, it's really, I've definitely, you've grown alongside uh, the people that I get to work with. Um, but yeah, ask them, help them locally, uh, sling their merch, take their picture. Um, but if you, if anybody listening has questions um, about literally anything at all, I will more than happily answer them. I love talking about this stuff. I love talking about venues. I'll talk about venues all day long with you um, about what they look like and how they sound. And yeah. shit, we're gonna have to do a part two at some point. Then, well, well I am. 
<laughs> so so in love with this idea like thank you so much i feel like you've imparted a lot of like information and advice and tips basically throughout all of this i'm sure there's a lot that folks yes. listening can learn so definitely everybody reach out to mel and thanks so much for being on thank you Mel Grinberg of Home Outgrown. It's so exciting to hear from someone who is pushing hard to achieve and make her space in the music scene, especially while helping out other diverse acts. I'm wishing Mel all the good luck while out on the road and when she gets back for more excellent shows. Make sure to give Home Outgrown a like on Facebook, especially if you're in the Philadelphia area. That's it for this week, but you can keep up with me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter by searching at Angry Girl Music. Leave me a review or rating to let me know how I'm doing or who I should have on the podcast next. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Shout Engine. Until next time, stay angry and support DIY talent promoters that include diversity. Call me when you're in.
Yeah.